Hello, and welcome to Not the Podcast You Deserve. On this episode, we will talk about our top 10 favorite TV shows of all time. If you're a big Friends fan, then this is probably not the podcast for you. Enjoy! Drew, why don't you uh, get us started? Okay, yeah, so this was actually a really fun exercise for me. Um, I love TV, and I sometimes it was hard to pick, um, but a lot of what went into making my list, right? Some of my criteria was uh, it had to be impactful to me personally, which means uh, it was probably going to be from my lifetime. Uh, it's not necessarily an iconic overall TV show. I know there are probably a lot of uh, amazing TV shows that are better than the ones on my list, but they're just... Don't, don't shortchange your list like that, man. I no, your list is great. No, listen, I love my list. I'm just saying I know there are more iconic, like, this changed the way TV was done. This was revolutionary for the time. It pushed boundaries. Like it changed network television forever, yada, yada, yada. But like your list is more like personal impact than it is like how yeah, well the TV for sure. show was done. Mm, for yeah. sure. It, it's all about what it did in my own life. And then also yeah. the, the biggest criteria is rewatchability and quotability because there are lots of things that I like and really enjoyed and thought were well done. But if I'm not going to go back to it, ever again it's not going to make my top 10 of all time interesting um so my my first one i I guess i'll start at 10 right and okay i'll start at the top and work my way down so at number 10 always sunny in philadelphia oh i totally forgot about it's always sunny (laughs) on my list so oh that's great i love it just because it's one of my favorite irreverent comedies right there's a lot of good Mm, ones like archer and shameless and schitt's creek and all sorts of stuff um but I love this because it's really quotable and ridiculous. Uh, you're rooting for people who are objectively the worst. They're the worst. They're all the um, worst. Yeah. I love Charlie Day and Glenn ha- uh, Howerton's mm-hmm. character. Uh, also, Danny DeVito just being like the embodiment of his penguin self is hilarious. <laughs> it's just absolutely disgusting. Um, number nine is Sherlock. Yeah, nice. That made mine as well. Yeah. That's the, a great show. The BBC wow. show. Uh, I know there's Slept. like a lot of different. Um, Sherlock Holmes adaptations out there or whatever, but uh, I like that each episode was kind of like a movie. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman Mm. are awesome. I love to live in a world where Benedict Cumberbatch and Robert Downey Jr. both play Sherlock Holmes and are both (laughs) really good. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock Holmes would just absolutely kill Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes. It wouldn't be close. I don't know. That's man. my opinion. I don't know how you feel about it. I thought Robert Downey Jr. was bad as Sherlock Holmes. I thought Ooh. Ben Cumberbatch was great. Wow. Yeah, there you go. I said it. That's my opinion. Who's, who's a better Watson? Watson, yeah. Jude Law uh, or Martin, Martin Short? Freeman. Martin, Freeman. Martin Freeman, not Martin Short. Yeah. Martin Freeman's great, man. It's not the three amigos. <laughs> I would like to see Martin Short as I would Watson like, now, though. Yeah, and I want to see Chevy Chase as, uh, as Sherlock now. <laughs> oh Let's gosh. do that. Let's get that rolling. Somebody call Warner Brothers. Uh, number eight for me is The Wire. Um, oh, that's on my list of shows I have to see because I heard so many good things about it. Okay, mm-hmm. so so this is one of the things that I heard all my life was really awesome, but I just I think we were too young when it first came out, um, you know, to really watch HBO level stuff. Um, but I started watching it maybe like two years ago because I was like I got HBO now for Game of Thrones and I was like, well, while I have it, I'll I'll watch The Wire. Oh my gosh, that holds up. That really? <laughs> All right, I'm down. I'm going to watch The Wire. I'm fired yeah. up for that. No, you absolutely <laughs> should. It's awesome. 
Uh, so number seven, taking a screeching left turn from the wire is <laughs> Gilmore Girls. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming. And no. I don't feel bad about it at all. Oh, really? you better not. So You're not I, back down. I didn't watch this until I was dating my wife in college. And sure, sure, sure. It just became an excuse to spend more time with her while we were dating. Like, oh yeah, we'll totally watch like two or three episodes. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I got so hooked into this that I would start texting her and being like, can we watch Gilmore Girls right now? And she'd be like, no, I have a, <laughs> I have a test to study for. I was like, I don't care. I need to know what happens. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, per- the woman who created that show, don't know, uh, Sherman Palladino something? Mm-hmm. something, something. Palladino. That one. She is really funny. Yeah. She also did Marvelous Miss Maisel, right? Yes. And those two, and so I was like not in on Gilmore Girls. And so I watched a couple with my wife and I was like, this is incredible. Like it's so well written. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I love it is like how witty it is and the yeah. dialogue is great. Witty's um, a good, yeah. Witty's a good representation. And there's so many references in it that like if you're not paying attention, the joke just goes right past you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's literary, movie, like TV, history, like whatever it is, uh, music references. It's, it's really well done. The Netflix special they came out with like a year or two ago, or whatever that was, that was terrible. And so that's a bummer. <laughs> um, but we just moved past it. We moved past yeah. it. Don't look. It's like last episode, or sorry, I don't want to spoil what I know is coming in your list, but sometimes you just don't pay attention to the last season of a show. Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> like at number six, Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, yeah. I absolutely love Game of Thrones, minus the last season, maybe the last two seasons. Um, hmm. So this to me is kind of cheating because I really love the books. Um, so okay. putting it on my top 10 list might be feeding in from both of those loves. But it is a really well done show. Um I didn't know that you could read books, Drew. That's really awesome. I was just about to say, are you like, how sad are you? The fact that I just assumed you had never, you didn't even know it was a book. How long like, has that before? been a thing? <laughs> listen, I don't read them. Your unless, ability to read. I listen to them on Audible. All right. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That, that makes mind. a lot I more sense. I can't read without falling asleep immediately. It's like, I didn't know Game of Thrones was a picture book. Do they have? <laughs> oh, I, it should not be a picture book. <laughs> that would be a really rough picture book yeah yeah, yeah. to scar some kids um no but the the plot is awesome there's twists and turns uh it's a bummer that it it outpaced the books because yeah. mm-hmm. martin takes like 15 years to write anything mm-hmm. that's i would have loved to see that cast of characters you know like the same age they are like when they were filming it but just like you know put in the future like after he had like been able to finish the story, yeah, you know? yeah. So that yeah. the freaking Bindle Voss and whoever couldn't just, just totally screw up the ending. I love that, or I hope that George R. R. Martin like looks at the last season and goes, "Well, I'm not doing that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's only a couple of people in that show, in the books, whatever. I'm gonna say show that you go, "Wow, they are objectively." the the good person like right yeah. that's the hero and nobody's perfect yeah. and that's objectively the bad person everybody else usually moves between both sides that's they have point. you know ebbs and flows of do you like them do you hate them you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain what i just came up with that right now it's our next podcast. trademark that um what number was that for you that was six it was six six okay. so number five um is band of brothers I remember watching this with my brothers in the summer growing up as a kid and it was 
I was probably too young to watch it, let's be honest. <laughs> but I just remember being like, this is so cool. Um, it was really impactful to me. Uh, and it holds up. Every time I watch it, I'm like, this is this is amazing. It's gripping. It's powerful. It does a really good job of bringing you into cool characters uh, without romanticizing like how awesome war is, right? It mm-hmm. shows you the horrors of war, uh, but you're still hooked. I also love that there's so many really good actors in it. Yeah. And ones that you visually go, oh, I know that guy. But you probably right. couldn't say their name, at least at that time, for sure. Mm-hmm. But you know them from other stuff. And so there's, there's not a lot that... of people got started in this show. Yeah. So I actually wrote down a couple of the names. Oh, uh, wow. But like with them. Damian Lewis, Ron Livingston, Scott Grimes, Donnie Wahlberg, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Cutlitz, Neil McDonough, Michael Fassbender. Um, they're right, all in yeah. that show as like big people. Isn't also like Ross from Friends in that show? So then I was going to say, here's a list of people who are only in <laughs> one or two episodes. Right. right? Simon Pegg. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was in like two episodes. David Schwimmer was in three yeah. episodes. Yeah, shows range. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Tom Hardy, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Young Tom Hardy. Uh, Colin Hanks. Okay, okay. didn't Tom. get as big of a rise as Tom Hardy, but yeah. yeah. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I think, I think Doing that thing you do is, you know, good. It's fine. I think I think Colin Hanks would understand if he walked into a room at the same time Tom Hardy did. It's going to be mixed, yeah, yeah, yeah. lopsided feelings. Uh, and the last one is Jimmy Fallon was actually in an episode. What? Wow, which is hilarious. Um, Jimmy yeah. Fallon or Ross from Friends? Which one like sticks out more in that? In that <laughs> if I remember correctly, isn't Ross from Friends David Schwimmer is his name, right? Yeah. Is, isn't he like like a dick? Like he's like the. Yeah. Like the hard A, like he's like their guy. yeah he's their trainer, a basic trainer yeah. or whatever, and then he also is he acts like a hard ass and then turns out to be like a total wuss, inept kind of. That's yeah, right. he's like an idiot and would actually never do anything good in actual battle. Uh, anyway, but it's it's still great and, and it's Tom Hanks, so it's like where can you go wrong? They they were like creators, directors, um, and it's based wow. on a book by Stephen Ambrose, so like he writes great stuff. To go back to your list, it was uh, Always Sunny, and what's yep. next? Sherlock. Sherlock. Eight was... Uh, the Wire. The Wire. Then it was Gilmore Girls, Game of Thrones, Band of Brothers comes in at five. What's that for? Yep. At number four, we've got Community. Yeah. yeah. I think this is actually one of like the funniest shows on the planet that's ever existed. Uh, You're right. At least the first three seasons. One of my favorite three, sir. At least the first five. We'll get to that later. All right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> We're all going to talk about Community. Probably. Yeah. One of my favorite things about it was like it constantly is changing up tone. Mm-hmm. Every episode is different. A lot of them have different tones and feelings to them, and they're always funny. Yeah. Um, the consistency of community is is unbelievable, especially like when you consider that the showrunner got fired right after season three. At uh, you know Donald Glover left like in the middle of season five. Yep. Shirley and and Chase uh, Chevy Chase left like you know, randomly kind of sporadically throughout. And it still doesn't drop mm-hmm. off. It's still funny. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's what I was actually going to say was like, one of my favorite things about it is that it consistently stayed good, even though people were try- constantly trying to screw it up. Yeah. Right. Like NBC was like, we'll change the time slot. We will fire the creator. We'll bring him back. We won't give him as much room to do stuff like right. blah, 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 blah. Uh, we're going to cancel the show. Oh, wait, everybody loves it. We're going to actually, JK, we're not canceling the show. Uh, we're going to put it on you, Yahoo. Was yeah. it like put on Yahoo.com? Yep. Like, is that how you streamed? Like, they bought how it. far we've come? How far we've come Holy in just crap. a couple of years? Yeah. So, number four was Community. Number three is West Wing. 
Oh, wow. Uh, That's not on my radar at all. Like, I've never watched an episode of West Wing. So So this, again, was something that I watched with my family growing up. Um, It was like family TV night. Like, we're all going to sit down and watch the show together. And a lot of it went over my head because I was like seven. But (laughs) I rewatched it again with my wife a couple years ago. Um, It's awesome. It's The dialogue is really good. It's written by Aaron Sorkin, at least the first couple seasons. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, and like they trademarked the we're gonna walk and talk kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, like that's what they were known for they would just like walk around in a circle around the white house and like <laughs> people would talk and it was, it's a really interesting video style um, so intriguing uh, Dulé Hill is in it which is interesting <gasps> no way yeah because it also leads me to number two of Hole's fame oh wow I forgot psych. about Psych man Psych I forget- I totally forgot about that while I was doing my list. Our lists are very similar, true. <laughs> I believe it. That's shocking to me that you two share a similar I'm shocked. List. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Psych is number two. It was another defining show for me. I started watching this like when I was in high school. It became one of those things that I I watched by myself. Like Not very many people I knew, like I was friends with. Kyle, for instance, like is a perfect example of this. Didn't watch this show. So it wasn't really? like... A, it wasn't like a cultural thing for me. Like, oh, we're going to get all my buddies together. We're going to watch this. I would just sit in my room at home and watch it by myself and laugh out loud at 80s references. Um, huh. This is the brand of comedy I love most, right? Is is the the two best friends yeah. who go back and forth and talk really fast and, and have uh, funny inside jokes and references and stuff. Is this mm-hmm. a peek into what your number one slot is about well, to be? <laughs> well, I, we all maybe, know what's about to happen. Maybe a little bit. Um, yeah. But also it's it bleeds over into my movies, right? Like one of my favorite yeah. movies is what movie Crashers. references. Uh, another one of my favorite movies is uh, fired up and they have the same kind of dynamic. It's two yeah. best friends who just make you laugh the whole time by how mm-hmm. fast and how funny mm-hmm. they talk to each other. My thing with psych is that it's a little formulaic for me. And that's fair. And not to say that formulaic is bad, especially for, you know, network TV, but just at some point I got through like three seasons of psych and then I was like, all right, I don't know if James Roday is funny enough to keep me coming back for this. That's Ooh. funny. Yeah. I and, will, I will fight you, but and we'll I, just, I, might, podcast. I might be wrong in that. I don't know, but I know that like, I, I really tried to get through psych. I, I vaguely remember in psych, there was like a, uh, like a yin yang character or something like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I remember that episode like actually creeped me out. Yeah, um, he's like walking dark, uh, like a haunted house or something. I can't remember exactly, but I remember I was like 15 and I was like, I like turned it off. I was like, I don't know, if I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm to sleep. Tonight. So James Roday does like scary movies. That's like what he loves to do. He produces, oh, I didn't know that like, directs a bunch of scary movies and stuff like that. Uh, oh, but can I you name actually, one scary movie James Roday's done? I think your best. I, I think it's called uh, Blood House. <laughs> I'm about to. I want you to continue, but I am gonna IMDb Bloodhouse. Check me on this. Check me on this. But I think it's like a house that is like bloodthirsty and like kills the people inside of it. Are you sure you're not thinking of Munster House? (laughs) Dan Harmon? Uh, No, but no. Seriously, he does um, some of those like scary things, but are still kind of funny. Like they're poking fun at themselves for being scary. They know they're ridiculous. but and I think he did the the yin and yang episodes. But to your point about being formulaic, one I think it's hard to do a crime show 
and not be formulaic. Yeah, at some because point, it's, at some point it's always like, hey, you're a detective. You solve crimes. A crime had to happen because otherwise, what are you doing? And then uh-huh. you solve the crime because that's what we want. Uh, so to that point, I will say it's my favorite. I have nothing else to do. I'm just going to throw this on in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy. It's simple. You can jump in at any episode. There are a lot, but it's so funny. I'd love James O'Day and, and Dulé Hill in that show. They have one of the best chemistries, if not yeah. the best. Anyway. Which leads uh, us to your number My one. number one. My number one. Following the same theme of buddies mm. who are best friends and, and also humor, because that's really impactful to me. Number one is Scrubs. And you guys, this is not surprising <laughs> to you. You guys have known this about me forever. Um, Eagle. I, I own like every episode on DVD, not season nine. Listen, season nine is not scripts. I will, I will go to, I will die on this hill. Um, I think it's the best work. You're the worst human on the planet. <laughs> like, I'm going to turn my mic off while y'all talk about scrubs for a little bit. Dave Franco's shows he, up in that season. Even Zach Braffin like, made jokes about how that season shouldn't have happened. And, yeah. Um, I actually think Bill community Lawrence, references that season. Yeah. I think Bill Lawrence, the creator of Scrubs, actually like pitched it as a different show to ABC and they're like, no, it has to be Scrubs. And he's like, no, Scrubs is over. This is a new show. And they're like, no, it has to be Scrubs. That makes sense. Uh, they, the, bummer. And Community, uh, I think uh, Troy points out that Zach Braff's only in like the first four or five episodes of the last season of Scrubs and he's like, how dare he? That show made him and then five episodes later, he jumps And he ship. leaves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is, that's again, one of the, that's one of the one of things the I love about community. Yeah. But uh, we're talking about scrubs. Yeah. So it's great. Uh, I think I've seen every episode like six times. Uh, and it's, it's actually so important to me that when I first got married, this was the first thing that I was like, honey, we have to watch this. <laughs> and, and then six episodes in, she's like, I don't super like it. And I stopped. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm not I'm not going to waste this on you. I'm not going to Oh my God. <laughs> Pearls and before swine. And then like four years later, I waited four years. I had to wait for it to like die down. So it's too big of a hit to your I was like, hey, heart. Babe, do you want to try to watch this again? Like maybe you'll get it this time. And now we're almost finished. So I was like, thank God. She likes it. Um, She's like, just figured out marriage and she knows that you're going to keep <laughs> hassling her about it until she watches all of it. It's, it's probably so funny. It's probably Babe, it's not important to me that you like this. Just do you want to, do you want to watch it again? And but, it's, again? but it's interesting. Tell me how much you like it. As a human. Um, Explain to me every episode and why you thought it was funny. <laughs> well, we'll have a synopsis debrief after each one. Also rank all of JD's girlfriends for me in order. <laughs> and if you get it wrong, so help me. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say I did love that the three of us would have steak night occasionally in high school. Yeah. Yeah. We'd all get together and sing the steak night song and watch like four episodes of Scrubs. It was fun. Steak is such a treat. It is the world's best meat. <laughs> uh, I'm now looking back over my list and realizing I, I left out another criteria. I didn't even put this together beforehand, but I think outside of Sherlock at number nine on every other one, I care about the side characters in this show. Mm, yeah, um, and all of the side characters are really well developed they can stand alone they're funny or they're interesting like they're mm-hmm. not dependent on the main person and i think that has a lot to do with me i'm now putting that together yeah because um, i care about every little side character in scrubs and community 
Penn State. And West Wing. I'm not going to list them all again. <laughs> and uh, um, before I cut you off completely, Drew, is there anything else you'd like to say about Scrubs before we move on to the other Drew's list? Scrubs better be on all your lists. I'm just saying. It sure <laughs> won't be. All right. So, Drew Allen, it is now to you. Uh, yes. Um, what you, what you, what kind of criteria that came into your list and then your top 10, um, and, uh, and we'll go forward. Hit it up, Drew. what you got? Yeah. So doing top tens or like favorites is really hard for me. Cause I, I feel like whenever you make these lists, it's like you are trying to convey a part of you to somebody else. You're like, I feel like the question becomes explain yourself to me via what movies you like and what TV shows you like. So this kind of becomes really stressful. And so I, I can't do a, a, this is my 10th favorite. This is my ninth favorite. This is my eighth favorite. Um, all I can do is like, these are the shows that are popping into my head for whatever reason. Um, and, and it's definitely not because they're the best show ever made. Um, there are probably shows better than the ones that are on my list. And there may be shows that I like more on my list, but these are the one that are like, if I could only pick 10 shows, these are the ones I would want to watch. Yeah, so number one, uh, I decided to go with uh, the show that's going to be my doctor show. It's going to represent doctor shows for me. Um, and easy enough, it's Scrubs, obviously. It's hilarious. It's great. <laughs> Get it out of the way. Um, it's the most accurate doctor show, which any Scrubs fan is going to lead in with. It's within five <laughs> to 10 seconds, they'll let you know that Scripps is the most accurate Doctor show, uh, more so than Grey's Anatomy, more so than House. And Scrubs formed a lot of who I was specifically in high school and still to this day. I think it's hilarious. The buddy, it's one of the best uh, buddy comedies. I, I think felt bad leaving Scrubs off my list because I think it's a good show. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the greatest thing ever like you two guys do. Uh, wrong. It is, and I might be wrong for that, uh, but it does do a really good job of of mixing in the laughs with the with the mm -hmm. you know intellectual stuff. That I think I can't remember it was the second or third episode, but they they created these kind of timelines where it's three different patients, and they're all having really connective moments with their doctors. And at the end of the episode, all three of the patients pass away, and they had kind of lit into it being like, which one? Only one out of three patients ever make it out of the hospital. And the big twist at the end was none of them made it. Yeah, and it's really one out of three die. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And and the twist was they all died. And the producers were like, "Oh, that's really dark. What if all three of them lived?" And that was the twist. And the director really fought to make it. And like, no, uh, for whatever reason, this is what we want to do. This is the type of show we want to make. Um, and they were just able to walk that line of comedy and drama really well. And yeah. I respect them for it. Um, and we won't talk about the last season because <laughs> uh, a big criteria for me barring scrubs and i realize look on here there are a couple that don't really follow this rule but what's really important to me is that a, a show ends strongly um yeah. ends really well because i feel like when a show ends just as well as it began or ends at the right time it makes the rest of the show way better and way more likely for me to rewatch it yeah. just goes back through and adds in so much weight and depth um to the earlier seasons if they get paid off at the end uh and vice versa if that doesn't happen i think it makes a lot of show a lot worse i dropped game of thrones because of that because i i w was not caught up and whenever i said how bad the last season was i was like 
then why don't I care about what's going on in the third season? If I know that at the end of the day, I'm not going to get the payoff that I want for these characters. Yeah, that if you told in. me that that Game of Thrones ended the way it did, like while I was in the middle of season two, I'd been like, screw this, I'm not going to spend, mm-hmm. not going to mm-hmm. spend eighty more hours on this show. No, the ride was really fun. <laughs> and, and I don't fault anybody who it's loved that about, show. It's not about the destination; it's about the journey, guys. Right, right. Especially if you're caught <laughs> up in, because that was like unprecedented fan basing for yeah. a show that sadly didn't pay off. And I think if you if you like Game of Thrones, I would try out Vikings. Would be my alternative. It didn't make my list, but and it's also. Are you talking about two shows that didn't make your list right now? Yeah, yeah, I am. Let's go on to my. Next Let's list. go to nine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, next one I'm going to pick is a cartoon from my childhood. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of contesting spots for this. Um, I'm sure Animated Justice League may have made Kyle's mm-hmm. list, but. It got barely edged out by my number nine seed, is what we're, if we're going to be counting them down. Uh, but really, it's just my cartoon, my spot holding cartoons from my childhood, and that's Samurai Jack. Nice. I chose Samurai Jack. I think it's one of the coolest cartoons. I think it really just works in all cylinders as far as what a cartoon can provide uh, for a story, because there's very little dialogue. Um, I can't, I can't, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't say it as far as what the music played a role in but the visuals are so striking and they're very minimalist there's not a lot going on the screen but everything has a purpose and works really cool for good versus evil and uh, evil and I, there's just like one or two episodes that i don't know if they were just on rerun every single time i turn the tv on but i will forever remember the army of beetle robots that samurai jack single-handedly defeats that's awesome uh, it is great, and that is why it took on my spot for cartoons for my child. I'm going to look that up. I've never heard of it before. Oh, my so gosh. I'm excited. Oh, I love yeah. that show when I was a kid. Yeah. I actually think I had a nightmare about the villain. I can't remember his name. Aku. Yeah, the, the villain, Aku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a nightmare about him like three <laughs> weeks ago. Good. As you could. It's terrifying. Uh, my next uh, spot uh, will go genre of TV that I want to represent on my list was a cop drama. I think this is a really big uh, drama you chose the wire i think would kind of fill your list in uh, in that spot yeah yeah <laughs> uh, um that, that don't worry we'll get to him and we'll get to that in a second i chose the show justified for this mm. uh, oh i need to watch that uh that's Timmy, timothy oliphant right mm-hmm. yes uh-huh He's you need to watch this i recommend this to anybody i talk to um it is a mature show so you know the deal with it's a u.s deputy marshal uh who fights uh well fights he um goes up against his kind of his hometown in Kentucky Harlan um, and deals a lot with the drugs and um, a lot of seedy underworld belly but in Kentucky and so it's like a modern western and it's one of the coolest shows I've ever watched it's a show that I watch and I feel cool because I like it and that's really hard to do yeah it's really hard to do cool well and not come off cheesy and I know if I were to say anything in the show and try to be as cool as Timothy Oliphant is in it, I would sound, I would look like an idiot, but yeah. he pulls it off. He just seems like he's really cool. I've only ever watched like one episode and I was like, dang, that, that dude's awesome. He is I want to be awesome. like that guy. That was that, one of the shows that I loved. And then I, when I went to college, I didn't have a TV for a while and like, I just lost track of it. Oh, I, I loved I it. pick it back up, but I absolutely loved that show. I need to watch it again. Yeah. And I think it ends... I don't, I, I think the quality maintains all the way throughout. And I think it's one of the few shows that gets an ending where it like wraps up and ties things 
off ties ties the knots or whatever um what <laughs> ties up the loose ends is what i was looking at <laughs> yeah, you're gonna of. i was gonna let you get it That's, yeah 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 um ties one off is a totally different term <laughs> shows up in the wire oh yeah okay well i i would recommend it to everybody it's one of the cool shows i think it does the villains in it are so good so good uh dickie bennett and mags bennett, the bennett family in season two are one of the coolest villains I think is, and everybody talks really formal, even though they're in Kentucky and the backwoods of Kentucky. That's like one of the, the things everybody talks really smart. I think it's just hard to do a smart, cool TV show and they pulled it off. And that's why they made my list. What comes in at, uh, at seven for you or whatever seven? slot that is. Yeah. Well, we're going to do a war movie for number seven. That's ba- or TV show. And that's band of brothers, which Drew talked about. Yeah earlier it's it's one of the first miniseries i think it kind of started that whole type of tv shows and for good reason because it it allows you to tell a very like a movie level of story over 10 episodes they solve solve the issue of hollywood level stories on a tv schedule and in a way that flushed them out better because you have longer you have 10 episodes to tell the story but since you're only making 10 episodes, you can, the quality and production value can go way up to the point you can do almost what Hollywood's doing in a triple A feature. Yeah. Crawford said everything that I want to talk about it. And so I'll just go ahead and move on to my next spot, my superhero show. Um, yeah. Ooh, perked up there. What is it? I, I have to know. I'm so excited. Oh, got you. It's Arrow. Have y'all seen Arrow? No, really? It's, no, it's not Arrow. Arrow sucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was really confused for a second. I was like, yeah. I liked Arrow. Heroes? No, you're, you're, you're bad for liking Arrow. Uh, and not Heroes. I, I almost picked uh, Heroes. It, it got barely edged out by Daredevil, which was my nice. superhero pick. That's on my honorable mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Me too. It is incredible. It's a, another high-level um show that's very dramatic very serious uh but i think arrow and the flash deal with budget issues and that yeah. they don't they don't have the budget to do super powers really well or cool and cw issues <laughs> <laughs> you just but, can't have a good show on the cw this is a fact yeah that's for one tree hill. hill sorry i'm surprised one tree hill didn't make your list it's so so with daredevil Mm-hmm. Um, at least once a season, they do that one shot. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. a, usually a fight a hallway scene. shot. Well, there's one in the hallway. Um, I can't remember season uh, one. It's pretty sure season three is on like the rooftop. Um, but those are like some of the best stuff that's in a TV show. I almost yeah. put Daredevil in there just because of the one shot stuff they do. Um, plus season two when they had Elektra and the Punisher. Yeah, that is some gripping television, and it is not like. You know, hey, bring the whole family in the room and like, you know, watch a TV show. It is like, no, holy cow, dark. Like, these people are killing each other. And it is, and the way that they handled the Punisher, I thought was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the spinoff series really bolstered this show up in my list because yeah. uh, Jessica Jones, phenomenal. So dark, so right. dark. The Punisher, great. Yeah. Iron Fist and 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 Luke Nick Cage, Cage. Yeah, Luke so Cage, much. not as much. And I'm so sad that the Defenders didn't pan out as well as I was hoping. Yeah. But the Punisher and Jessica Jones really fleshed out their own worlds and yeah. 
I think in a way that makes Daredevil even cooler because you know that those other worlds are in the same universe. And like you're talking about, those oneers are some of the best action scenes that you like get tired because the scene is so long. And yeah. then you realize that this guy is flipping around and beating up other guys and it makes you respect it even more. So one of the things I loved about it was just like, it made you think, oh, this might really happen. Like, it's not just a superhero thing that's like far removed. Like, oh, that's clearly not real. Yeah, yeah. Is why sometimes I have a hard time connecting with Superman as like a hero. Very good um, point. But they made they based the show in reality uh, in a way that I thought was really cool. Kind of like Kick Ass was like, hey, this is clearly a weird show and idea or a movie and idea, but like they based it in reality. That was like it was cool to connect with. I would mm-hmm. say that the only mistake Marvel's made so far, or at least their biggest one, is casting that guy as Iron Fist. Ooh. I really feel like that was like the in like downturn of Marvel TV, you know, because yeah. yeah. they had so much momentum with Daredevil and with the Punisher and, and Jessica yeah. Jones. First season of Jessica Jones is greatness. That's one of the mm-hmm. best villains like, yeah. of, of yeah. any comic book, movie, TV show. The purple face with Kilgrave. Kilgrave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the comics, his name is like Purple Man or something like that, which they Are renamed him. Serious? Yeah, his name is like Purple Man in the comic books. <laughs> And they renamed him for obvious reasons because calling somebody Purple Man, you know, is kind of stupid. Um, uh-huh. But that is one of the best villains that I think, like, on comic book, you know, mediums. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so dark and twisted and fleshed out in his own way, too. And then, and that's what I'm saying. The Kingpin in Daredevil, too, he is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and he, it's a strong reason that Daredevil's on this list. Is Like I said, I love good villains because yeah. I think – I, I I don't think you can I really root for a villain or a hero if they can't beat a really lame villain. Like I know there's a type of villain that's kind of weaselly and that makes you hate him because he just gets away with everything and it's annoying. That's a plot device to get you invested in the story. Right. But I don't like shows that I, I don't like watching that character those kind of characters on the screen. And so I I, I think the fact that Vincent D'Onofrio plays such a strong bad guy. Yeah. And it's one of the few times that like Kingpin has like a motive other than, other than I'm just a big bad guy and I hate everybody. I I want to own this city. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He's, he's got something that like, I I think the show does a great job of giving you a superhero. That's kind of grounded, not like in, in a, in the anime justice league, it was like the green arrow character. Um, but this ground level superhero that's kind of dealing with city level. Yeah. You're hot uh, guys of the world. Everybody. Yeah. Hot guy. Yeah. Well, it, but Ooh. Hawkeye is fighting those big oh, world. Are we talking Hawk? Are we talking <laughs> Hawk again? I think we need to get into that. And so I'll, I'll, I'll move on to my next show, but suffice to say, I think Daredevil does a really good yeah. job of giving you that ground level hero and a villain that really, they just work really well together. I feel like they're on the same plane in a way that makes you concerned and worried and invested. Yeah. Uh, my next show genre of TV that I'm going to talk about is the family comedy. I think this is pretty wide. And this is the, the one genre I felt like I, I had this show in mind and I needed to come up with a genre that would, it would fit in because that's kind of how I was basing my list on. But uh, this one's community. We talked about it before. Yeah. I think anybody who loves TV is going to love community because all of the humor is just parodying of other tropes in TV or, or other TV shows specifically. It's so clever. It's so 
it can also be so dumb and funny. It just works on so many levels. They, they do a good job of tapping into like weird things I didn't know I cared about from my childhood, <laughs> like the floor is lava and building a blanket yeah. for it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm captivated by 30 minutes of Blanket City. Um, These universal truths. Yeah. That everybody's gone through. That's such a good point. Yeah. They, Dan Harmon has, has a great show. He's got a great couple shows. Uh, Rick and Morty. Um, what was the other one that I, we were talking we talk Rick about and Morty earlier. darn near made my top 10. Really? And yeah. it's, so, it's such a ridiculous show. It was close for me too. Um. But I, I, I think we, we talked about community earlier and we hit a lot of good spots. I, I loved all of the characters. I think they really worked well together. They, that show did a great job of flushing each one out and each relationship between every other character. Like all of the, all the characters' dynamics between each other, not just as a group, work, work so well. And I think that's really hard to do. But they did it great. I think it is worth noting that I, I do think that the quality dropped off a little bit season four. I felt like the characters started making decisions I didn't think that they would have. When Britta and Troy get together in season four, and you're just like, what? What's going yeah. on here? Why are we doing this? You know? They started really pushing for Jeff and Annie. Yeah, yeah. It, that's that's the they like that show is incredible because it like jumped the shark in the very like the dead middle of its run. And then it quickly, you know, got away from the shark and it got back yeah. to being what it was. But <laughs> it season four the shark. Like all of season four, like if you didn't know that they fired Dan Harmon like you probably wouldn't i mean there's something's definitely different in season yeah. four than in the other seasons and it's it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot more of like it's it's a lot more safe in season four i think and it's a lot more like oh these people couple up and oh this you know thing yeah. happened that happens in all sitcoms so yeah all right awesome well i'll i'll uh, kind of segue into my next show so we keep this thing rolling uh next one we do is a detective tv show kind of cheating because i've already had a couple of these but i didn't know where to fit this show in that I hadn't already talked about, and that's Psych. It's one of the best buddy comedies. Um, I think Psych and Scrubs, uh, it's tough to have those both on your list and have them in different categories, and that's kind of the the issue I ran into. It's just really clever, really smart. It's got a unique idea and premise that The Mentalist totally stole. And I I love that they they make fun of that in one of their episodes. Yeah, call them out. Yeah. Oh no, we're not. I'm not a mentalist because I'm a real psychic. If I was a fake psychic, it'd be almost like we're identical—a virtual <laughs> carbon copy. <laughs> it just stares down the barrel of the. It's the great. Screen. It's smart. It's clever. I love all of the characters in it. Dulé Hill and James Roday have one of the greatest chemistries, uh, both on and offset. You got your top. Your three. I guess you got three more, right? Yeah, three more. And I'm not really going in an order from least to right. greatest. If anything, it may, well, I won't say that either. But my next show uh, is going to be very specific to me. I don't think very many people share this uh, unique interest, but it's British game shows. Awesome. And my favorite is Taskmaster. Um, I don't know how you can stream it. I've only seen it on YouTube, but it's a famous, what I assume is a famous British comedian and one of his writer friends take five other British comedians and have them do tasks. And each episode, they bring in a special item, like each contestant brings in an item and then the person who ever wins that episode takes home all the items. And then whoever wins the season take, gets a trophy, I think. I don't know. Kyle, you look confused. Dude. I have so I'm, many questions. Do I need to move on? <laughs> oh my Jesus, please. So. <laughs> okay, okay. 
my next my next genre of TV that I'm going to bring in and talk about is one of the hardest I think to actually film, uh, and that's musicals. The one I've chosen to represent this pillar of TV for me is Gallivant. Nice. It's so good. Don't you dare laugh at me, Kyle. I love that show. You know it's good. It's great. Season one of Gallivant is great. Season, Season two, two, even better. About 10 minutes in, I'm looking around like, why is this still happening? I want to know what competition Gallivant had in this in this category for you. Um, you talked to me about musical episode show that you liked. Uh, uh, there's one out right now currently called Zoe playlist, playlist, and I think yeah. that's uh-huh. I think that's really funny and good, but it's still so it's first season. You actually just made up the category so that you could put Gallivant in there, is what I yeah. Thinking. I was like the only other one I could think of was like Glee. Yeah. Is that? Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Is that this or Glee? Uh, Drew, I believe you've got one more slot in your yes. top ten. My final Taskmaster in Gallivant. Best British baking show. What is what's the what's going to be number one here? Another another great British game show. Okay. The last <laughs> genre that I have chosen to speak about today is documentary. Planet Earth one and two. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm down. You want to talk about rewatchability? You can throw that on at any point, and everybody in the room is happy. <laughs> All right, no, I I can get behind that. So, Drew, re- recap your list for me one more time. Yeah, but well, I just want to say one thing before I move on. There had Planet Earth, which is great, and then ten years later they came out with Planet Earth two, and the only thing that's really different is the quality of the cameras they used went up significantly, and so it's even more beautiful. Um, so if you want to start with Planet Earth two, I don't blame you, but they're both great. So my ten, we got Scrubs for my Doctor Show. We got, we'll just go through the list. We got Scrubs, Samurai Jack, Justified, Band of Brothers, Daredevil, Community, Psych, Taskmaster, Gallivant, and Planet Earth. If you put those 10 shows in a blender, then you got me as a smoothie. That's a weird out. <laughs> if, if you've ever watched, uh, if you ever watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail, he goes, and now for something completely different. Yeah. That is how I feel while segueing <laughs> my list from your list. No one uh, expects the Spanish Inquisition. The, the two main things that went into mine were, uh, to my list were consistency of the TV show and, and the character development in that TV show. And then uh, while Drew was talking about his list, I kind of realized the personal impact that these shows had uh, when they were on. Because um, most of mine have, have finished their run already. Uh, the personal impact they had in my life, you know, were shows that I, I couldn't, I, I was, I couldn't wait until Wednesday or I couldn't wait until Thursday at seven, you know, to, for the, for the next episode to come out. Um, so number 10, I'm surprised that more of you guys that, that neither of you had, this was Breaking Bad, which it was, me, it was right there. It, it was like 11 or 12. And, and talk about show, talk about a show that stuck the landing. I think Breaking Bad might've had the best like ending yeah. of a TV show um, that, that I'm aware of. Um, it just, it, it hit the, it hit the nail on the head. It was perfect. And it's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so that's number 10 for me. And it's one of, I think it's one of the best, I think it's from start to finish. It's one of the best TV shows that's ever been made. I also um, think it's really good that it had a spinoff that was, yeah. Better call that, saw is awesome. That yeah, is that, really good. A lot of times shows get spinoffs and those spinoffs suck. Yeah. Better call Saul. <laughs> I, I haven't seen this last season yet, but I will say that it is, pushing breaking bad 
in my yes. mind and which and it had and that's not really fair because breaking bad had to start from zero to sure. get you to what you like it to yeah better yeah. call Saul jumps off you know at 75 already because i already like standing on characters. the shoulders of breaking they get bad. to expand upon you know what i already like um and so i think that they kind of have an unfair advantage but if better call Saul finishes the way that they're trending that's going to be very close to top 10 soon yeah um number nine for me is brooklyn nine nine i am also shocked yes. that i was so alone in this it was uh, well when you when i consistency is a big thing for me and every single episode of brooklyn nine nine i am crying laughing yeah um, which is weird because i didn't like andy samberg in hot rod I didn't enjoy his time on <laughs> SNL. Like I, I, I was not a big fan of his. So I, I avoided this show for the first three seasons because I was like, I, I would, I won't like that. And I, I just recently started and I'm now all the way caught up. Yeah. That show is genius. Yes. Um, that's some of the best stuff going on today. In my opinion, uh, Brooklyn nine, nine comes in at, at nine for me. That was really just because of the nine, nine in Brooklyn nine, nine. That's, uh, that's, that's fair. Smart, wanted that to, uh, be uh be noted uh and number eight for me this show just recently wrapped the good place um i don't know if either of you guys have watched the good place boy really not. nobody's on the good place my so wife loves the good place it is uh it has quickly become one of my favorite shows obviously it made number eight um but uh it's it's got ted danson um and he is phenomenal in the tv show um it is also got Kristen Bell. She's the lead. Um, and it's, uh, it was created by Drew Goddard, um, who is the same guy who created Daredevil. Uh, he also did Cabot in the Woods. Yeah, he's done a bunch of really, really good stuff. He's really wow. tight with Joss Whedon. Um, and so he kind of plays off the same stuff that Joss Whedon does. Um, and so The Good Place is phenomenal. It's about you know people who have died and have gone to heaven and what that is like. Um, and it, I think it's five or six seasons. And, you know, really, and I'll tell you that after season. So one episode before season one ends, I was like, how is this show have any more? There's no way. Or mm -hmm. if there's any more, it's not going to be good. Right. Finale for season one happened. And I was like, there's no way this show can go on. Season two is one of the best seasons. I think if standalone huh. seasons and it just continues to get better. Talk about the consistency factor. The, the good place hits it on every level. Um, I'm a big P1 of The Good Place. You guys should check out The Good Place. Um, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Um, number awesome. seven for me, I, I'm also, maybe I'm wrong on this. I don't know. Number seven for me is New Girl. Um, and it's kind of, for, it's, it's, it's for kind of a ridiculous uh, premise and everything. But mm -hmm. uh, Zoe Deschanel is so darn charming. To me, she's the, she's the lead of the show, obviously. It's, it's named after her. Uh, but she is my third or fourth favorite character uh, yeah. on New Girl. Um, and I think, Drew, you were talking about earlier about how, you know, all of your shows really made you feel uh, you had, like, you had strong feelings for the supporting characters, for the, for the supporting cast. And my favorite character on, on New Girl um, I couldn't even pick. It goes back and forth between Jake Johnson's character uh, to Schmidt <laughs> mm -hmm. um, to Winston. This day, I only know Jake Johnson as Nick. Like, yeah, hey, that's I, Nick. I'm pretty sure that he's just like was himself on that TV show and they just pressed record. Um, <laughs> but like Winston's character is starts off outrageous and then he just gets more and more and more outrageous like every season. And it's, yes. and it's so funny. Great. I think it's hilarious because I feel like they did not know how to write for him at first. 
And yeah. so he just was an odd ball and had all these weird things. And then he becomes what, like, if not my favorite character, like, like top two at least. Right. And that's... Uh, yeah. Almost almost every show you've mentioned so far has been one that I had on my my final okay. list of like that makes me feel better. I'm out here trying to cross down to how <laughs> do I get two of you in? But that's like Zoe Deschanel is is really good, um, and she's she's great. But like the fact that she is the fourth or fifth, maybe even most interesting character yeah. on the show, I think goes a long way because even uh, Cece is is great yeah. on the show. Um, and so that's that. And talk about consistency. That show is so darn funny. Every episode, there is something to, to laugh at. I think that show does a really good job of having characters evolve without moving away from what makes you love them. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they all change and move on and grow in certain areas, but not to a point that you're like, oh, this is totally different than the person I loved in season one. And I also mm-hmm. think New Girl stuck the landing a little bit better than most sitcoms do uh, mm-hmm. in their ending. I think that they did a mm-hmm. good job. It wasn't great, um, but I mean, it's, it's really hard to end something that you get you know so much content of it's very rarely you feel like it's wrapped up well which is why i think breaking bad doesn't get the credit it deserves in terms of ending something that was so huge and doing it so perfectly yeah really really well a lot of shows that are really popular it's hard to end well because they're so popular that people just want to watch more and more of it and the, the the writers don't have anything else to go on. It's yeah. like, yeah. And, and to your point that you made earlier, Drew, if you stick that landing well, it does make me want to rewatch it again in the future. Yeah. It, right. it adds so much. I, I just, it's so big to me when a, something ends at the appropriate time, which is so rare to find in TV just for, a, you know, either the producers wanting to make more money. And so you have to extend out beyond what you want to write or network. yeah. Yeah. Or just not, getting enough runtime because there's a ton of popular shows that get ended too early and it's just so hard to do but it's so important and it adds so much weight to when you get it right that's that's one thing i think new girl did get it right on their on their ending i think they they did a really good job um it wasn't it wasn't everything you you hoped it would be but it's everything you needed um which uh is a pretty good segue into uh, number six uh which is how i met your mother um and to me i guess this ended in college uh while we were sophomores or juniors maybe in college Mm -hmm. and this one is is for uh nostalgic uh influence i guess and a lot of personal impact that goes on to why this show makes my top 10 um just because it's it's a very campy show going back and watching how met your mother it doesn't hold up and i hate to say that uh but it's it comes off a little campier the second time through that i've I've watched it um but i enjoyed it so gosh darn much the first time through um and a lot of people were really critical on how the series ended and i disagree because although the show is titled how i met your mother like that was never the point of the tv show Mm -hmm. that was the hook you know that was like their that was their that was their bit was that he's telling his kids this story about how he met their mother but the the truth the true story was the group of friends and what they were going through going through life together going through you know mm-hmm. parents dying going through babies going through moving far away from each other going through you know missed opportunities it was everything that me and my friend group was going through you know at that point in time you know to all be mm-hmm. at, at different levels um and it was getting to kind of go through those stuff along with these characters um and so a lot of people were mad when you know, spoiler alert, you, you figure out who the mom is and then 10 minutes later she's dead um, and he's going back to Robin. Um, but to me, it was the show is always about 
Ted and Robin, just mm-hmm. like it was always about Marshall and Lily, just like it was always about, you know, all those groups together, plus Barney. Um, it was always about those guys. And so I think it's actually, I, I really do think that they stuck the landing better than, you know, being like, oh, you know, final scene is, oh, this is the mom. Well, you know, if that was the final scene, then I'd want another season figuring out uh, <laughs> how she, you know, became yeah. what she was or whatever. Um, so that's, that's six for me is How I Met Your Mother. I think it's one of the better shows um it doesn't hold up quite as well going back through it but for me it's got a lot of personal value i will say that show made me realize the importance of umbrellas (laughs) (laughs) and it it did it did that show went a long way for like imagery um it wasn't just and i hate on friends a lot i'm glad that none of you guys talked about friends because friends to me is like the like laziest tv show of all time where like you've got like stock characters who are like you know, they're just going to be them, like, regardless. And it's, oh, Joey, you know, that one episode where Joey said that ridiculous thing. And, oh, you know, that one episode where Phoebe is. He's got to look at the girls and go, forget about it. Right. Like, to me, that show is just lazy. And How I Met Your Mother is many things, and it is nowhere near perfect. But it was never lazy. Um, And the stuff, the imagery they did with the umbrella, the episode where where, uh, Marshall's dad dies, um, you know, there's there's a countdown. And in each scene, there's a number and it shows you like you goes from 42 to one, I think it is. Um, and it's, you know, on one, the taxi cab comes up, it's got a one on it. And that's when he fires out his dad died. Um, stuff like that, that is, is really incredible. And um, I think it, it's get it gets lumped into the friends category too often in my opinion in terms of like oh it's sitcom tv like it was really good tv that happened to be on a sitcom in my opinion but i'm also obviously biased uh towards how i met your mother at number five uh we have all talked about sherlock i believe yes drew was on yours uh the other drew was not on yours was it no uh, Sherlock is greatness, Bennett Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman, not Martin Short. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, and that's another show that didn't stick the landing. Uh, the good news is that they left it open for them mm-hmm. to come back and do it again, you know, whenever mm-hmm. they can. But seasons one and two of Sherlock is some of the best stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, season three is not so much, but seasons one and season two, are, it's like you got six Sherlock Holmes movies yep. in those yeah. two seasons. And then that, you know, you can kind of, the last three movies essentially that came out weren't, you know, quite as important. Um, also, I think Moriarty was a fantastic villain. The way yeah, the one of the better villains. Bad yeah. guy, great yeah. bad He guy. was fantastic. Um, now, I don't know if we need to talk about Sherlock anymore. That's a great show. Um, very well done. And number four for me is Community. We've all talked about Community now. Um, one Wait, of the was it number best. four for all of us? Um, I have it at four for you, and I have it at five for the other Ah. <sighs> So very close, yeah, very close. But if different Drew, timeline, I had a different timeline version. Yeah, Drew had a uh, had things that weren't gallivant. I believe that's what uh, Community came in at for him on his <laughs> list. Uh, community's greatness, um, and honestly, I don't remember how Community ended, um, but I don't think it really matters quite as much because the show is so gosh darn funny from beginning to end. And I talked about consistency being important in my list. And community was consistently funny, whether they were doing a stock, you know, episode that all took place in reality, whether they were in claymation, whether the floor was lava, whether a paintball fight was breaking out at a community college, whatever it was, it was funny. And that's really, really hard to do. Um, Yeah, it's great that it was consistently entertaining and funny and good with, with one of the constant things being it always inconsistent as like a show tone (laughs) goes, right? Right. Yeah. 
uh, creators and writers and directors and all that was inconsistent. And the whole thing was still so good every time. Number three for me comes in is that Game of Thrones. That is a, a great show. Talk about not sticking the landing. Uh, one of the worst endings to a TV show of all time, in my opinion. Uh, but the first, you know, whatever, eight seasons before that uh, were so good that it has to get in there. Number two for me is Parks and Rec. And I can't believe it hasn't been mentioned yet. But I rewatch Parks and Rec every year since the first year I watched it. Because that show is so gosh darn funny. Um, and everything but season one. The only reason it's not number one for me is because season one is such a drag. But after season one, that show is so good. And mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. characters leave, characters, you know, come in, and it doesn't matter. It's great. And uh, I, I think I think Parks and Rec is up there for the all-time greats in terms of... God, why did you guys not like Parks you, and Rec? You, you've literally listed like six that were on my final top 20 <laughs> okay. list. All right. I just yeah. I thought Parks and Rec would be one we'd all have. I, I was shocked that neither of you said Parks and Rec. It, it was really close for me too. This is a show that I think had one of the greatest endings to a, a series. Yeah. That's yeah. Loose ends got tied. All of their storylines got a, a nice end, a bow at the end. And you know what? Going back through my list, I, I may have been wrong to not have that on my top ten. It is one of the best endings, and I think a lot of people have tried to kind of copy that since then. They New Girl definitely did. They try to show you like. I think it was like five or 10 years in the future or something is what new girl did mm. for their finale. And, and parks and rec did a, did a great job. They really brought it home and it's a really good ending to a really great show. Um, and then number one for me, and I can't, I freaking can't believe that you guys don't have this on there. Uh, Arrested development uh, is my all time favorite TV show. Um, and I really only count Arrested development as seasons one through three, whatever BS is happening on Netflix <laughs> right now. That is not canon, like the last season of Scrubs for y'all. I watched, uh-huh. I watched the, uh, the next season that came out on Arrest Development Season 4, I guess, uh, that came out on Netflix. Uh, and that was so bad. And I really want it to end where it ended um, on, in Season 3. And one of the reasons I think it's so great is it's high-level comedy. Um, it's not Friends where everything's a fart joke or, you know, Joey said that stupid thing again. Everything <laughs> builds on each other. Um, Drew, I think you said you liked Psych because you could kind of hop in wherever on Psych and yeah. be pretty much caught up. Um, with Arrested Development, I love that you have to watch each episode because the jokes just build on each other. And, uh, you know, you, you hear somebody in season two, like episode nine, like say, there's always money in the banana stand. And you have no idea why that's funny unless you've seen everything that leads up to that point. Um, and I think that show is way before its time. Also another Russo yeah. brothers, the greatness of the Russo brothers, something they were way ahead of their time on. Uh, but that cast is phenomenal. And the way they shot it was so groundbreaking um, that nothing besides reality TV was being shot that same way. And with the cast of people they had, all of those people turned out to be famous for the most oh, yeah. part. Uh, like almost everybody went on to have a great career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's and talk about consistency. That show is consistently funny, but it's consistently funny at a very high level. Um, it's not the, it's not the easy humor. Um, it's stuff that you have to be paying attention for. Um, so that's my top 10 breaking bad, Brooklyn nine, nine, the good place, new girl, Sherlock, how I met your mother, community, game of Thrones, parks and rec, and Arrested Development, and I'm not going to lie, I'm shocked that we had so few uh, <laughs> carryover in our list. I was for sure like we'd all have four or five of the same. Um, uh-huh. So the fact that we had um, that many different ones is really cool. Um, I know I definitely have a list that I want to go back and watch now. 
mm-hmm. uh, from what you guys have talked about. Um, but the, the problem with that is I think we've run really long on our time. Yeah. Uh, so much longer than what I had anticipated we we're going to run. So I'm going to ask you guys probably end this here. Uh, maybe talk about our honorable mentions uh, and save two minutes for another week. Well, I feel like you've talked about all of my honorable mention. I think your top 10 list was my t- honorable mention list. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for real. I, I do have a couple honorable mentions that I think are like just fallen comrades. Like, yeah, could you could you spend 12 minutes on each one real quick? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Um, <laughs> I have three real fast that are just like um, ones that got canceled too early, and yeah. I, I hate that. Um, but it's Firefly, which yeah. I think we all like, mm-hmm. you know, Space Western. Uh, with yeah, Billion, right. so he's the best. And Alan Tudyk. Um, the other one is Black Donnelly's. I don't know yeah. if you guys remember that, that. was great. Yes, right. that was great. What? The one season it got. Yeah. yeah, so it was on a 2007 on NBC. Uh, Olivia Wilde was in it. Yeah. And it was basically like four Irish brothers who protect each other and get sucked into the criminal underworld. It was like a TV version of uh, Boondock Saints. And it was wow. so awesome. And I, I loved it so much that they stopped actually after six episodes or something like that and put it on NBC.com. And I still streamed all of those. I think I bought them on iTunes. Uh, it's like, that's how much I loved it. Drew Allen, do you have any uh, honorable mentions you'd like to talk about? Um, I mean, I, I feel like I talked about my honorable mentions in my top 10 list, as well as you really, I feel like rounded up all of the big important ones. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about were a couple kind of webisode miniseries type of shows. And I didn't know if they counted fully as TV shows, but Dr. Horrible Singalong blog. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. love that. For my other musical, I finally thought about it. Um, it incredible, really early uh, Joss Whedon and Neil Patrick Harris and um, Nathan Fillion, all phenomenal. Um, really funny, really great. Kind of uh, anti-network that, that had right. it going for it. Uh, during the writer's strike, I think it was released. Really cool story behind it, too. Uh, but that was great. And then Con Man by Alan Tudyk, he wrote, directed, and stars in uh, yeah. alternate reality almost of his self. Uh, he plays a, a sci-fi actor who hates science fiction movies because that's all he's known for, and he wants to be known for real stuff. Uh, and it's all about the cons that he goes to. And so it's like an alternate reality if Alan Tudyk didn't like and maybe he doesn't, I don't know. I haven't talked to him, but it's really funny. Uh, really short, really great. Do, do we want to do the two minutes thing? Or? No, we sure don't. We don't no, have okay. to. There's no way. Yeah. I would talk about um, one that almost made mine was Black Mirror. Um, that is a really, really great anthology show um, that really makes you think. And they're all very, very well done. And then I don't know if y'all saw The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I am not a horror movie person at all, but the show is so well done. Um okay. There are multiple episodes that have one of those one-er shots, the very long one takes. Yeah. Um, and the writing is great. Um, the oneers are all really, really good and terrifying. It's a really, really great show. Uh, I don't know if there's a season two or not coming, but it is a great show that if you enjoy like stuff that's ma- well done, you know, then you can get past the fact that it's a horror TV show um, because it is incredibly well done. Um, but that, I would say Black Mirror and Haunting of Hill House were very, very close to being my top 10. If I liked horror movie stuff, Haunting of Hill House would be like top five. Uh, I was, I spent half the TV show though, like kind of covering my eyes, like cowering. Um, and I had to sleep with the lights on afterwards. Uh, but it's very, very well done, very well directed and written, um, and executed by the cast as well. Um, I think that's going to be, yeah, that's definitely all we have time for, for today. 
Thank you all for joining Not the Podcast You Deserve. Uh, hope that you guys get a chance to binge watch some of these TV shows we talked about during quarantine. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.